welcome to Hot Weekly. I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this is Haunt Weekly, a weekly podcast in the Haunted Attraction Entertainment community. Whether you're an actor, owner, or just plain aficionado, we aim to be a podcast for you. And we return to you again, once again. Some of you are seeing us live on the yes. Facey book. Yes. The, bo- the book of faces. It sounds way more cool <laughs> when you call it the book of faces. Isn't it? Wouldn't that just be the Necronomicon, though? Yeah, I think so. I think, think so, technically. But anyways, we are live. Some of you are seeing us on Facebook. Some of you will be getting us later. Um, either way you choose to view this podcast, thank you very much for spending an hour with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're doing this week is a little bit of haunt lingo. Yes. <clears throat> a little haunt slang, a little haunt jargon. Yeah. Terminology. And yes, and your mileage may vary on this episode, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Well, we realized, or I realized... Um, that we use these terms all the time on the podcast. Right. We've been using them for 229 episodes mm-hmm. and never once actually defined them. And there are some people that are new to haunting. Maybe they're just now getting their feet wet and just right. ended up with episode 229 of Haunt Weekly. God bless you, <laughs> if that's you. Um, and we want to help those people out. And also, I think some of the terms we've encountered may also be hyper-regional to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we try to focus on things we heard both here and in South Carolina, but those are still very, very southern places. Right. So some of you Yankees out there may have different terms. Oh, here come the letters, the angry <laughs> comments. Yes, I, I refer to them by the name of the most winningest sports team. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyways, then again, sports teams are their own little issue. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But anyways, first thing is first, as we have promised to do with you guys whenever we can, we're bringing you resources for um, while you are in lockdown. Oh, wait, and first things first, I forgot to mention you need to follow us. Yes. On hauntweekly.com, hauntweekly on Facebook, hauntweekly on Twitter. If you were shared this stream by a friend, and I know some of you were, and you have not yet liked Haunt Weekly on Facebook, why not? Get your own alerts when we're going live. Yeah. Don't mooch off your friends. By the way, thank you to the friends who share and let your buddies mooch off you. Yes, thank you very <laughs> we much. We greatly appreciate that. But don't mooch off your friends. Follow Haunt Weekly on your own. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Trust me. We have, we have jokes here. But you can also find us at youtube.com slash hauntweekly. Soon, when I figure it out, I'm going to have us live uh, simulcasting there. Yeah. I failed epically this week. (laughs) Well, apparently the free trial ended a day early. About, yeah, seven-day free trial that you start on Monday should last six goddamn days. I'm just saying. Well, you know. Uh, Quick maths. Counting, it's hard. Uh, It is hard, especially for a computer company. Yeah. But regardless, uh, we're going to try to simulcast on YouTube. Uh, some people do prefer that. I've heard, got heard from that. We are going to try that, but we failed epically this week. Coming back at that next week. Maybe we'll attempt a, a Q&A or something in the middle of the week to kind of let us try it out. Yeah, I'm thinking probably Thursday is going to be when yeah. that happens. If you're interested in that, let us know. We will see about doing it. But also, obviously, if you're not catching us live, that's okay. Yeah. We like you, too. We're on we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, ever finer podcasts are sold. They haven't bothered kicking us out yet. <laughs> uh, so on that note, yes, resources for while we are in lockdown slash quarantine, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I got some neat stuff this week. Um, the main new thing that we're adding is that Scary Woods in North Carolina has added an hour-long virtual tour. It's a partnership with a local tourism board. Um, and you can just you can find it at facebook.com slash spooky woods as of this particular moment I'm saying it. It's like the number one thing on the Facebook page. Yeah. You'll have no trouble finding it there. So once again, Facebook.com slash spooky woods. Um, also, Fearworm Hauntvertising has been doing regular webinars. We've been giving them lots of love here and continuing to do so. Just mm-hmm. Google, just uh, search for Fearworm Hauntvertising. Once again, they're doing it on Facebook Live primarily right. as their primary tool. So look for Fearworm, not Earworm, Fearworm. It's a pun. Hauntvertising on Facebook and check them out there. Okay. Also, Haunter's Toolbox is always a great resource. Yes. And our friend Holly Chrysler is giving live makeup tutorials um she's doing more than one a week but it's you just have to follow her yeah and it's holly h-o-l-l-y-c-r-i-s-l-e-r um she did a really cool mushroom one on saturday and i i missed that huh yeah i um so i was wondering mushroom what is that gonna look like and it came out looking nothing like what i pictured so that was good very cool very cool yeah but yeah, once again, Holly Chrysler, C-R-I-S-L-E-R on Facebook. That's how she told us to uh, get the word yes. out about her. Yes. Um, once again, a reminder, like I said, we're not doing conference reminders until there are conferences to remind you about, right. and that may be sometime, but tentatively, Midwest Haunters Convention has been moved to July 24th through the 26th at the uh, Donnelly Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago. This is kind of being billed as the trans world replacement or shift or move or whatever. Um, so check that out. Also, uh, mastersoffear.com slash haunt-documentaries has a great list of haunted attraction documentaries. Mm-hmm. The list is two years old. Some of the links may be dead, but you can definitely find those movies. So it's a great place to start. And, um, yeah... Oh, then one more. We Sorry. Have, yeah, we have the virtual tour of the Paris Catacombs is still up and available. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and finally, you can always join us Sundays at 8 p.m. Central Time, as that's when we're going to be doing this. Yes. When we're doing it live right here from the first room of our haunt, sweating our ass off in a closed <laughs> garage because it's only going to get hotter. Yeah. Hotter and windier. We may have to set up somewhere that's Uh, better suited. We may have to figure something out. Um, I don't know. We may uh, see about actually making the uh, actual recording area we'd set up more video friendly. Okay. I don't know how. Nope. (laughs) It's a soda can. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But we'll see what we can do there. But yeah, Sundays at 8 p.m., facebook.com slash hauntweekly. That is we are doing that and we are enjoying it now um so real quick uh some local news <coughs> yeah Go ahead. um yeah whew. this is some uh some rough stuff here because locally here in new orleans you have to understand about new orleans is that this is a festival town we have normally under normal circumstances a festival every week 
Yes. <coughs> that is not several. even an exaggeration. No, there could be several festivals yeah. a week. In fact, if you if you if you get the idea that hey, I'm going to start up a festival in New Orleans, what week is nothing going on? There isn't one. Give it up. You've got to go head to head with something. Yeah. <laughs> Pick and your festival wisely that you want to take on. Yeah. One of my jobs, we always would try to schedule a big event um, in May, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to not conflict with any of the big things. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No, there's no... It always conflicted with something. It's impossible. Uh, but they have actually canceled all festivals through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes Voodoo Fest, which Voodoo Fest is traditionally the last weekend in October. Right. <clears throat> so it's usually the Friday and Saturday were open before Halloween, but it's not Halloween night usually. But this year it was going to be on Halloween. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, they canceled Voodoo Fest. And I've got to be honest... That is the first time I've been worried about the 2020 haunt season for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm now starting to stare down the very real possibility we may have two canceled seasons back to back due to circumstances completely outside of our control. Yep. We didn't choose any of this. We didn't want any of this. No. And we didn't want our road to be, you know... Duke's a hazard land um, in the run up to haunt season 2019, and we didn't want, um, obviously, COVID-19 to happen. But, yeah, both are nixing our season, and it's going to suck. I mean, the haunt is mostly done. There's detail work. We've Mm -hmm. mentioned this before. Detail work, sound design, lighting work to do. But the big stuff's done. The build's done. Yeah. Barely have to, you know, barely have to. I don't think we have to put any more screws into anything, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we lose the 2020 season, I'm going to be really depressed, but it's looking like a possibility. We're watching what the other big haunts in the area are doing, first and foremost. If, um, like, uh, Scout Island, I think, is going to be the real canary in the coal mine, because they're connected to um, City Park. Right. And you had that thought, and it was a good thought. (laughs) Yeah. Because City Park is weird. It's city and private. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, but it, it's mostly city. But the Scout Island is privately owned yeah. or co-owned. Yeah. There's some kind of... Yeah, uh, it has that connection there. with City Park. I don't know all yeah. the details about it, but the long story short is I think City Park would be the first to put the kibosh on an event even before like the city would close the mortuary, New Orleans Nightmare, etc. Right. And if those close, obviously we're going to close too because right. just no way. I'm not going to do that. Um but we're also watching the other big national ones like HHN um, because they will have their fingers on the pulse of this too. And they have to start build and do things much further out than we do. Right. Because, you know, they have events they can't go back from starting, you know, like, like basically now pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so if they're still rolling the ball forward, there's hope. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so we haven't had any cancellations or postponements uh, with those or anything else. And that's it. I mean, basically, we've spent the past um, t- two days. Well, no, we didn't do it yesterday. We couldn't do it yesterday. But the past day, breaking down old wood and old panels and getting it ready to be thrown out. Yeah, we're trying to like actually clean up our mess Yeah, the, that's been around for a little we, while. We've been haunt slobs for more than 10 years now. <laughs> And we're trying to undo some of that because, like I said, so much of the haunt is done. And even though we have, you know, a little bit more time, we're both working, though. Yeah. Both working fairly normal schedules right now. We're very lucky in that regard. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so we're tearing down um, panels, 
breaking apart uh, frames and throwing out old wood that's useless and rotted. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a yard by the time this is done. That'd yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Be good. All right. So let's move on to the topic of the week. <sighs> and that is We Haunters Talk Funny. A little bit. Hey, right off the bat, my spell check absolutely hates that I use Haunter as a noun. Yeah. A. It, it would. A. You ever play Pokemon? I'm just saying. Haunter is a noun. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, it's a noun for us. <laughs> it is. And I mean, there is a reason that shit haunters say is a thing. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. It, it's um. It, it's a very interesting... We, we have our own slang and lingo, and mm-hmm. it runs pretty deep. Um, and it was kind of weird, as I noted, in 229 episodes, we never actually defined a lot of the terms. We admittedly are kind of, at times, a very jargon-heavy podcast. Right. We never actually set forth an effort to define a lot of those terms. Right. And we're going to miss some. Oh, yeah. So, like, please, if we yeah. miss stuff, put it in the chat. And you're watching it live, obviously. I am. Put it in the chat, and we will add it in toward the end. Mm-hmm. How's that? That sounds good. All right. So, I broke this apart into categories, um, like... Basically, the, the sections of haunt life that I think they pertain to. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start with haunt building and construction. Yeah. And the most basic term, haunt. Yes. Haunt is basically the physical haunted attraction itself. Yes. I know that's a dumb. That's a dumb moment for a lot of people, but... Whenever I tell somebody that I have a haunt, they're like, what the fuck's a haunt? Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's, just, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, so then you have to say haunted house. And then they're like, oh, you have spirits and ghosts in there? I'm like, okay, it's a haunted entertainment attraction performance. The easiest way I have found to get around that is to compare to haunted houses they know. Yeah. Like, you know, we're like New Orleans Nightmare. We're like the mortuary. Yeah. The we're people, just much smaller. The people that I've been introducing myself to lately have no concept of what that is. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But still, the point is, we typically, um, the term haunt does confuse a, lot, a surprising number of people, and through proxy, term haunter, which means a person who works at, operates, builds, otherwise participates in a haunted house. Yeah, and I would, yeah. And one thing to, I think that is important to note is, at least when I think of the term haunt, I think of the physical confines of the attraction. Mm-hmm. And that becomes more relevant as we go further down and start talking about front of house and that separation. Right. The haunt is this building around us that yeah. we're inside right now. It is not the queue line. No. It is not the front yard display. This no. is the haunt. These no. four walls are the haunt. Yeah. rest of that stuff is front of house. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Second term, panel. Yep. Uh, we actually did an episode on panel-based construction in the first five episodes. I don't remember which one it was. Don't bother listening to it. Those episodes were rough. <laughs> We've gotten a little bit better, I think. Well, hopefully. But basically, a panel is a four-foot by eight-foot section of wall, usually built with either a sheet of plywood or OSB. Right. And the reason it's four-foot by eight-foot is because that's the size of plywood and OSB comes in. Yeah. And, you know, you can build... Panels that are different sizes. Yes. Uh, Leonard some... Pickle advocates a 10-foot panel. Yes. Because he's a mad lad. <laughs> yes. We've got some that are two and a half foot wide. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, it's like the basic one. unit of haunt building. <laughs> exactly. You take all these pieces and you put them together and then you've got the walls of your haunt. Yes. 
And the thing about panels that's so great is that no two haunts build on the same way. No. I've been behind the scenes of dozens of haunts. I have never seen two panels that look the exact. Nope. Some use two by twos. You crazy sons of bitches. What are you doing? No. Um, some use two by fours. They'll put them flat against the wall. They'll put them sideways. They'll put vertical. It's, you know what I mean? Mid, horizontal mid pieces. Vertical. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are... There, and, there's tons of ways to build a panel, and frankly, everyone does them different, and they all have their own advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. We go for, around these here parts, we go for weight, heaviness, yeah. and, and sturdiness over, you know, ease of moving. Right, and that's because within <clears throat> our first year or so, people were on the floor kicking the walls. Yeah. And you can't have a flimsy panel if people are going to be actively kicking and running into them. Yeah, yeah. And so, and the other advantage we have, since there's always two of us working, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the panel does not have to be movable by a single person. Right. As long as we both are working and we can easily move these panels, we good. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, a panel, the most basic unit of haunt design. Mm-hmm. Okay, next term, the boo box. Now, this is an interesting one because Boo Box was originally and still is a trademark name for a specific type of haunt controller. Right. A specific brand. But in the age of Raspberry Pi and all these knockoff controllers and all that, mm-hmm. it's come to mean just about any type of haunt controller. Right. They may want to do what um, Velcro is doing. <laughs> yeah. And try to protect that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I, every haunt refers to their controllers as boo boxes, even though not every haunt has actual boo boxes. Right. Just saying. It, it's, it's interesting. And like I said, we're, many of them are using Raspberry Pis now because they're simple computers, basically. Yeah. They take an input, either from a tripwire or a sensor, and do an output, mm-hmm. which is to activate a prop, turn on a light, whatever. Input, output, bingo, bango, bongo. No. That's what it is. And if it does that, it's typically called a boo box. Once again, even if it's not actually a boo box. Right. Uh, one of my favorite terms I, <laughs> I use a lot, house lights. Mm-hmm. It's actually an old theater term. And it refers to bringing in a theater. It refers to bringing up the lights in the house inside the theater, so that the audience can see. Um, the result of that, though, is in a haunted attraction. What it means is bringing up the building lights. Like right. these lights, and I know I'm motioning wildly to some people that are going to be listening audio only. Yeah. But all around us, we have our house lights up because otherwise, you would not be able to see us for the live stream. So. Yeah, these are the lights in which you work by, you build by, and also the lights you bring up if there's a safety concern and you need, you know, to get people in there for something or get people out of the haunt. Right. Either to get your people in or the <laughs> the, the customers yeah. out. Yeah, and it's usually, you know, separated by switches. Um, mm-hmm. So you have one switch that brings up all the power um, all the way mm-hmm. and then one that just doesn't. Yeah. It, it's just the, the house light as you were yeah, and the haunt lights. And, and, and since a lot of haunts are built in metal buildings or factories, this is often the built lights that were built into that metal building. Mm-hmm. And it just comes from the top, and it's really, really bright, ideally. Now, that's the opposite of haunt lights, which are basically the lights when the haunted house is in operation. Yeah. This is your special effects light. These are your lasers. These are your weird, colored, blinky, obnoxious bulbs, whatever you're doing. 
It's all the stuff that makes your haunted house a haunted house. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So then there's pneumatics. Pneumatics. You can always hear these coming. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Uh, these are props which are operated through, well, pneumatics. Yeah. Which is movement of air. Mm-hmm. These are compressed air. It functions through an air compressor. It's a pneumatic. Um, these props tend to be, A, as you've noted, very loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they tend not to be very powerful. You can't move a lot of weight. Well, you can, but you risk blowing up things. You yeah. typically don't want to move a lot of weight with pneumatics. Probably not. You you want to make sure that, you know, yeah. your compressors are rated for how Whatever you're much doing. you're doing. <laughs> Um, but pneumatics are tip, but they're very, very quick. It's a very fast thing. So you can activate startle props and things like that with pneumatics, as opposed to hydraulics, which are items, usually not props, but operated through hydraulics, which is pushing in fluid. It's slower, but it can move significantly more weight. Right. If you need to make a big thing lift up and down, you're probably going to use hydraulics. If you need to make a dummy lunge forward against a, uh, a grill, you're probably going pneumatics. Probably. Obviously, you can do um, lots of weight with pneumatics, and there are ways to speed up hydraulics, but those are typically the strengths and weaknesses of each. Um, It's easier to make pneumatics do fast than it is hydraulics, for example, and cheaper, too. It is. It's significant, because, you know, you can buy an air compressor from Harbor Freight, relatively inexpensive, and power a good number of props with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, finally, in the haunt building and uh, construction category... Prop names. There's an unweird rule. It's not unweird. There's a, a uh, unwritten rule. Unwritten I think that's what you're looking for. That if a prop, especially if it's an animated prop, mm-hmm. um, is a person in some way, yeah, that they get a human name of some stripe, yeah, or or a comedy name for their action. Well, and we've given some, yeah. you know, names to not human things like that's the true. first drop panel was Big mm. Bertha. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. So every every haunted house goes around and names their props. Mm-hmm. It's yep. just a thing that they do. They get yeah. We get a we, we, we humanize them. We get attached to them. We love right. them. Like we still have Fred and Wilma. Right. My there dad are two named zombies. Those. Huh? My dad named those. Yeah, Fred and Wilma. There are zombies. Oh, you say your dad made them? I'm like, no, he didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> no. He's very impressive, but he did not make Fred and Wilma. No, he named. Them. Yes, he did. He did do that. That is correct. Um. So, yeah, um, like, I remember one haunt we worked at, the uh, electric chair guy was named Shake and Bake. Yeah. Now, it was well, also the name of the model. Yes. And at some places, they also call him Old Smokey, because they have the fog coming out while he's shaking bacon. <laughs> I so. had not heard Old Smokey. Yep. And I, I fucking love that way better. <laughs> that, that's way better than Shake and Bake. That's like a hundred times better for that prop. <laughs> Because you're right, it does the the fog does come out of it very hard as he is shaking and baking. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but please do not cover Old Smokey with cheese. <laughs> no, or lose your meatball anywhere near him. <laughs> no, but now if we ever have a prop like that, it's gonna have to have a meatball hidden somewhere on it. <laughs> like, it's just gonna. <clears throat> well, with that particular prop, it'd be real easy because it is a very fleshy prop. Yeah. So yeah, no, you could definitely do that. No. It was part of his last meal. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. All right. So next we're going to talk about haunt acting and operation. All right. Now, starting off with one that may be just 
the haunts we've worked, these have been consistent for us. Yeah, and and I've heard it called out at some haunts we've gone to as customers. Yeah. You know, ones that don't have a really good sound barrier between the front of house and the, the back. But yeah, the, 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 the concept of body bags slash fresh meat, they mean function the same thing, yep. which means we've got customers coming in. Right. They're uh, showing up. There might be a line. Yeah. Body bag, like we, like the very first haunt I ever really worked at, the, the cue was, we make ready the body bags or we've got body bags. Yep. And that was the cue that, hey, someone showed up. And that was a haunt. It was, that was a Boy Scout haunt. Mm-hmm. And outside of Halloween night, they had very hit and miss foot traffic. Right. Um, so what you would get is you get very long breaks mm-hmm. mid season. And, then someone from the front of house had to go, we've got body bags. No. And it was actually made sense because the very first room in that haunt was the body bag room. Second. Uh, the second room. So that meant they were going into those first rooms. Mm-hmm. It, made, it made perfect sense. And then people like me and you who were in the later rooms right. had to get our asses in position. Exactly. So, we couldn't be just hanging out. No, we couldn't. I had to stop Jibber Jack. It was a very small haunt. It was. And there weren't rules Very small, about very poorly organized, with a lot of insane people working there. Yeah. Um, I cannot say I missed it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I've also heard fresh meat used there. We've got fresh meat of some stripe. Yeah. Um, that's been a popular yeah, one. Yeah, and, and we switch it up here based yeah. on what our theme is. So when we did a diner theme, we went with fresh meat. If there were body bags in the haunt, then it's body bags. Um, and we also would use a similar theme for the call back to say, yeah, we're ready, let them in. Yeah. I've Which got is fresh. Our next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would, you would, I would say, we've got fresh meat and you would crawl back. We're hungry. Or something else, depending yeah. on the theme. Um, which basically says that that's the people in the first room usually saying we're in position. Yeah. Um, hopefully everyone else has time to get in position to the rest of the haunt. Yeah. Yeah, and and basically it was my, you know, anytime we get a new actor, they want to be the one to say that they're ready. So you have to set those ground rules ahead of time mm-hmm. um, and tell them, you know, no, let the person that's supposed to be telling the person at the front, because not everybody's in place. Yeah. Yeah, you're in your spot, and that's great. We like that. Mm-hmm. But not everybody else is. Yeah. That, and that's something that, like... Every haunt deals with to a degree, mm-hmm. especially if they do have intermittent traffic on some nights. Right. Um, is getting people back in pocket after breaks or downtime. And you don't want situations like what happened to us once in Texas where we literally stumbled on two actors just playing on their cell phone in a room. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, You don't want that. That's a very awkward experience. Yeah. And there ain't much you can do about it, yeah, honestly. It's not fun for anybody. No, nobody wants that. No. Um. Okay, now this one I'm almost 100% convinced is just a Southern thing. Yeah. I'm almost 100% convinced of this it's one. it's really... Because this is the really customer. Really local, too. Yeah. This is a customer. They will tell you, I'm scary. Meaning, or, they are very reactive. Yeah, and, and, and the actors will use it in the reverse, saying, we got a scary one. It's not yeah. saying that that customer is literally scary. No. And the customer didn't throw on a werewolf mask and start scaring the actors. The customer is really reactive and jumping up and down and screaming or hitting the floor or doing things like that. No. This is a really reactive customer. Um, 
if you hear that in your region, if you're not from the South and you hear that um, in your area, let us know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I put this one in to get feedback on it. I've heard this yeah. multiple times. We hear this every year, honestly. Yeah. So if anyone um, has other terms also yeah, let it, that's used for that, let us know. Yeah, we throw, it, know. throw it in the chat if you're live. And if you're not, uh, tweet at us or Facebook at us. Or Haunt chat Weekly. it. Or chat it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we follow up on it. Yep. Let us know. <clears throat> okay, getting back to actual haunt terms for a right. second. Um, scare actor. Right. A lot of people get uh, seem to get somewhat confused by this term. It is any actor that works to scare customers. Yes. Now, uh, some people think that that's literally only actors that trigger the scare. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily true. It also incorporates people that are doing distractions, people who are they're interacting with the customer in some way as they go through the haunt and helping set up the scares. Yeah, if you are helping to pull off a scare and get a reaction out of that customer, you are a scare actor. Yep. And my money, yep. Um, and there are people who are not scare actors <laughs> who are also in costume, like the people working your merch booths. Yeah. Could be. And or also, ticket takers. And we're going to get to them in a minute, but Q-line actors yeah. would also be that. <clears throat> yeah, but that's... Different, I know. Yeah, that's different. But no, scare actors is anyone in the haunt contributing to scaring people. Yes. Yes, like you said, you're going to have people that are in costume that are not scare actors. Right. Um, But if you are in any way participating in setting up, executing a scare, uh, congratulations, you are a scare actor. Yay. Our internet, like I said, is buggering in and out a lot. (laughs) I apologize for the drop frames. I know we are... Not getting anywhere near 30 frames a second with this, and I apologize. <clears throat> okay, a zone. Mm-hmm. A zone means different things to different haunts, honestly. But basically the concept is is that it's an area of the haunt. Now, how that's divided up could be, okay, this is the Victorian part of the haunt. This is the house. This is the scientist lab. And right. this is the mental hospital. You could have sections like that. Or it could just be a zone is a random collection of rooms. Yeah. Literally. Like, so for the longest time, I would stalk people throughout the entire haunt. Mm-hmm. And I still do that for the first few groups just to make sure everything's working and there are no tips that I need to give to actors. Yeah. Um, but, you know... In recent years, I have someone who I trust. They take the second half, I take the first half. Yeah. And that divides our haunt into five rooms, two zones. Exactly. Um, and and the, it's a convenient way to think about the haunt, because especially if you have a larger haunt, thinking about each room or each zone, each, each room separately gets overwhelming. You can't necessarily organize and strategize that way. You mm-hmm. have to cobble together some yeah. rooms and, and put this under an area of control. And those zones get a zone actor. Mm-hmm. This is a, an act. It's basically, think of it like a lieutenant. Someone who is an actor manager of that particular area. They're also often called a floater or a roamer. Right. They are given freedom to basically go between the rooms, and they're both, A, working to scare and stalk customers right. and contribute, but they're also watching what's going on, checking up on the actors, taking care of immediate actor needs, and mm-hmm. basically um, providing support and guidance to everyone in that area. Yeah, and sometimes security, too. Sometimes security features. Yeah. So, yeah, a floater, roam, we're always on the term floater. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, 
amusing, but I, it's a term that's used. Don't look at me. I didn't, I didn't make it, it up. Is. And a floater also sometimes describes an actor that swaps in and out with roles. Mm-hmm. So be careful that term actually has... Like, if your actor goes on break, they have a very generic costume. Right. They can be slotted in anywhere. For the mm-hmm. 15 minutes that actor is getting a water break or whatever, yeah. they'll slip in there. I've heard it used for that, too. Yeah, someone that they can even study, like, a couple of different places yeah. that they can just... Relieve someone like you. But said. oftentimes, the zone actor is the one that does that slotting in and out to give people their breaks. Right. So that also is a thing. So that, that, that's probably one of the reasons why it is the same term, because mm-hmm. it could easily be the same thing. I just rem- realized that. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of your favorite, our favorite terms, the yeah. go bag. Yeah. Basically, it's a bag that the zone actors or someone that's responsible for the haunt construction carries with them at all times when the haunt is open. Well, I have it close. Or, you you know, you have it at hand, basically. It's yeah. a go bag. You can grab it quickly. Yeah. So that way you can do quick fixes while the haunt is open. Right. And my go bag. Mm-hmm. There are snips, zip ties, um, drills, screws, and duct tape. And a bunch of, like, snips and... Oh, and um, from last year, I am adding in at least an extra light bulb. Yeah. Because we had one go out mid-show, and that was not cool. Yeah. But odds and ends that are useful for fixing basically whatever goes wrong in, in, the, middle of the, um, in the middle of the show. Yeah. It's very, very handy stuff. Yeah. In uh, fact, we always build, it in, build in a place for the go bag in the haunt, in the scene that I'll be working. Um, we have to make sure of that. And there are two places um, that we have ladders, one on each side. Yeah hidden so that if I need to get up into the rafters for something, I can do that real quick. Yep. Squirrel my way back down while Bernie entertains him outside. Yeah. And, and but yeah, the go bag has become super important. And typically speaking, in a bigger haunt, you would want it to be with your zone actor because they can be Johnny on the spot. That light bulb went out in that room. They're going to be the closest one there to fix it. Exactly. Or a board is falling down. They can just quickly get it back in place. It may not be pretty, but it'll be safe, and then you can keep yeah. open and keep customers going through. Yeah, and we haven't had anything like that in a few years. So. Yeah. But you never <laughs> know. There's, there's always next year. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully. All right. Yeah, and uh, I'm seeing from Nate that he calls it his haunt bag. Ah. So. I like that. That's a haunt bag. That's, that's a good term, too. Yeah. Um, the haunt bag. All right, queue line actor. This is any actor who works with customers when they're waiting in the queue line. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple and obvious. I think it is. I think it's self-explanatory, but it's a very coveted position because they usually get the best costumes and best makeup because they're going to be up close with the customers for a very long period of time. Right, and they have to have lots of interactivity and lots of skills in that area. Um, not every great scare actor is a great queue line actor. Not every great Q-line actor is a great scare actor. No, Q-line actors, I find that they're very specialized. They know how to talk to people. They know how to make people uncomfortable to the right level because you don't. And they're trained to not scare customers away before they buy their ticket. It's very important. (laughs) Make sure they get the money first. (laughs) They they set the tone. I might have fucked that one up once. (laughs) Yeah. They, They set the tone, but they don't, like, discourage Going into the haunt, yeah. or at least getting the ticket. That <clears throat> they keep the anxiety, they keep the tension high, but right. not enough to send them away, and that's a very important balance. And if a lot of times, if someone's a really adrenaline hooked scare actor, 
and they are doing cue line stuff, they might sink their teeth too deep into someone waiting to go in and make the experience not enjoyable for them. Yeah. Because they're not, they can't just run away from you here. Right. You, you got to find that balance. It's tough. Yeah. I, I mean, thinking back, some of my favorite memories are with cue line actors. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And it looks like we might be dropping in and out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're dropping. So, Our internet is not doing well from the so, looks of it. So those for you live, sorry. For those of you listening, sorry we're talking about the video so much. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, our internet, though, is doing pretty tragic, if we're being okay. honest here. Anyway. Anyways, next. moving on. Uh, sliders. These are actors who specialize in a art form known as sliding. Yes. Which involves using a combination of knee pads and special gloves to slide on the ground very creepily. Right. It's awesome. It is amazing. I cannot do it. No. Yeah, and there's... I had the name earlier, and I knew I should have written it down, but there's a couple of sliders who are sliding around their neighborhood right now during quarantine and posting uh, videos of it, and they're really cool. Okay, Ernest seems to have stabilized, so maybe now they can see us again. Um but yes, yeah, sl- this is a very, very specialized skill. It is very awesome. Mm-hmm. I cannot do it. Yeah. And I am too goddamn old to figure it out now. My knees and my hips would probably kill me. Right. And it's just like, you know, walkers, the yeah. stilt walkers. Oh, good Lord. Which we didn't include because yes, we forgot. <laughs> but, well, um, we're including them now. Walkers. Yeah, exactly. Actors that use stilts. Yeah, that's, a, that's another Boom. <laughs> Added. Yeah. That's another one that you have to, you know, practice and get good at before you can do that anywhere near a crowd. Yeah, and it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, it's very, very difficult to do that. That's a, and once again, a specialized skill. Um, can you close the actual preview of that? Because that may be one of the reasons we're having issues. Just trying to... Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, anyways... So sliders and walkers, they are two types of actors, along with the queue line actors, that work uh, front of house. Mm-hmm. Which basically the front of house is everything that is, um, it's a term that comes from the theater industry. Yeah. Uh, and long story short, it basically means anything that is not part of the stage, uh, the show itself, which would mean in this case inside the haunt. It includes the ticket booth. It includes the queue line. It includes any carnival or game that you have going on right. out front. Everything not inside the haunt itself. Everything the customer does before they go into the haunt is part of front of house. Yes. Um, and so that's that. something to think about. I mean, people who work ticket booths and haunts, you might not think of yourself as front of house. You're front of house. Yeah. I don't work front of house. I'm just a ticket booth person. No, that's front of house. Yeah, you are. You're part of the experience. You are. Everyone who's involved in the haunt is part of the experience. Yes. Whether, you know, you're just, whether you are working in the merch booth or a security person. Yeah. Security people have scared me more times than actors. (laughs) Oh, God. Especially at the mortuary where they tend to wait around those dark corners where you're not expecting anything. Yeah. Like when you're coming, when you're coming off the stairs and you know that there's a safe zone around the steps. Yeah. Because, duh. Right? exactly. Safety. And then you round the corner of the stairs and there's a security guard waiting on you. Fuck. Yes. All right. So front of house. Yeah. Just everything that the customer sees or does before, or I would also say after going through the haunt is mm-hmm. front of house. Um, two of the favorite terms in the haunt industry. Right. The first is code yellow, 
which is basically not just an awesome podcast that you should right. definitely check out if you're interested in Haunt Weekly. Yeah. It is also a term for someone just peed their pants yep. or dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever they were wearing. They, they peed themselves. Um, it implies cleanup may be necessary. Yes. And likely is. Cat litter's good for that. Cat litter's good for that. Uh, basically, you want to make sure that you can get up any sli- slip hazards. Right. Um, and then there's the companion code brown. Which you can kind of Kind of guess figure out what that, what that means. Once again, cleanup is likely necessary if yeah, that that's, happens. Yeah, that's bigger cleanup. Now, other colors do exist. Like, a lot of haunts use code red. Right. To indicate that there is an emergency or a problem of some stripe. We need mm-hmm. security or medical attention. Um, but that, once again, those colors are not universal in terms no. of how they're used. So every haunt has different... Code yellow and brown are very consistent. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Code Yellow was consistent enough that they named a podcast after it. Yeah. It, it yeah. makes yeah. perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, um, so, yeah, but the other colors may mean different things. I've heard Code Blue used for emergencies because supposedly that it's less um, disconcerting to hear Code Blue if you're a customer on the radio. No. Just a thought. And I am trying to get back to the comments, guys. But Yeah. Um, it's being a poopy head. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I told her to get out to see if that would sort out our internet issues. It yes, not... do something new on the spot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm a jerk. Our internet is apparently very, very tragic right now. I suspect okay. the, the weather is the problem. Anyway, we're killing. Then there's Swinger, which is the last one for this category, and that is someone who tends to throw punches when they are scared. They're mm-hmm. scary... But they're a specific type of scary in that they take swings. And basically, we've got a swinger. Hey, it's not a sex thing in the haunt industry. It just means we've got someone that needs to be escorted out. He threw punches at the actors when he got scared. Right. Um, yeah, and I know that there's there are different codes for people who are too intoxicated. Yep. Um, and those are usually watched. So. Yeah, I... Um, so yeah, just uh, that's the uh, last the terminology in the haunt acting and operations. Some miscellaneous stuff mm-hmm. uh, as we wind this down. We're passing the forty minute mark. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, a haunt widow is a partner that gets neglected because they don't work on or for the haunt. Right. Then it can be. I mean, there are haunt you know widow husbands, haunt widow wives, haunt widow you know everything. Yeah. Um, basically, any time that we have one partner who is a haunter and one partner that is not, that person's going to become a haunt widow, especially come haunt season. Yes. Uh, Ellie is our haunt widow. Yes. She, she created the group. She created the group for it. Um, but she is also our haunt mom. Right. Which is a term, or haunt dad or haunt parent. It's a broad term. It's a person who helps the actors and staff, but it's not actually involved in the haunt directly. They're not working as an actor. They make Mm -hmm. sure that the actors are fed and watered and cared for and loved and have their boo-boos kissed. Yeah, and they're also, at least in our case, the adults on the property. Yeah. They're not in costume. Yeah. I mean, Ellie doesn't wear a costume, and she handles any kind of things that are front of house that needs to be handled. Yeah. And long story short, the haunt mom, dad, parent, whatever, is a very, very important role for actor satisfaction. Yes. If you do not have one, um, it's going to be very difficult to keep staff because it's impossible 
for the actual haunt leaders to play this role because mm-hmm. they're you, you can't be the one coddling the actors when you have to lead them, give them guidance, and push them to do better and so forth. Right. It's, those those are not always, especially in the intensity of the moment. The haunt mom is the person that stands back and says, "Hey, are you okay? No. You know, do you need water?" Make sure that there's adequate food and stuff in the in, in yeah. the actor room, and basically take care of them. And, and you need someone to do that. You need someone whose sole job is that, even if they don't necessarily realize it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it ends up being an actual parent of one of the actors. Mm-hmm. They don't want to work in the haunt, but they want to make sure their son or daughter is cared for. And while they're doing that, they'll care for another other or whatever. Everybody else. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's it's strange, it's bizarre, but it's how it happens. And that probably is for smaller haunts and not just the uh, big ones. Yeah, I think it's for all haunts to a degree. I think a lot of haunts, even big ones, have um, mm-hmm. haunt parents of right. some strike. But anyways, <clears throat> and we're ending it with three terms that I think get misused <laughs> a little bit. Because there's pro-haunt. Charity haunt and home haunt. Right. And you've got to lump them together because they're all related to one another. A pro haunt is a haunt that operates professionally and attempts to earn a profit, mm-hmm. even if it's not a mo- even if it's a modest one. Most pro haunters I know have other jobs. Yeah. This is not their full time 365 gig. They would love it to be. They right. want it to be desperately, but the money's not there for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, probably because it's just difficult to make a living through haunting, if we're being honest. <laughs> Yeah. But it but, is a haunt that attempts to earn a profit. Yes. They charge for tickets. They charge for tickets. They and attempt they keep all of the and they keep the And they keep the money and they try to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. A charity haunt is basically a pro-haunt, except more than half of the money, the profit from it, mm-hmm. goes to a charity. It's, it's actually a legal definition here. 51% is the magic right. percentage. You get 51% of your profit to a charity, you are a charity haunt. And that brings about a whole world of opportunity for you right? in terms of, A, getting access to things and places, but also getting discounts, donations, ta- donations tax deductions. It's... it's it opens up a lot of doors. And yeah. A, and one of the best pieces of I can't remember who it was at Haunt and Con that said it. It was a great talk. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was several years ago now. But the, the device was if you're new to, if you're looking to launch a pro haunt, especially if you're looking to make the jump from home to pro, the best way to do it is to pair up with a charity and open a charity haunt. Right. Because that, op- that makes everything much easier to get off the ground. Because you will have, if you give it a big enough charity, you'll have access to locations, you'll have access to donations, you'll have access to all this stuff right? Um, that you will not have just going into business for yourself, especially if you don't have a lot of startup money. Right. And, you know, one of the, the things that you want to do if you're looking at doing that <laughs> is have a contract in place that says that, you know, anything you bring into the haunt... Whenever you part ways with the charity, you take with you. If you part ways with the charity, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you need to be thinking, if you do that, definitely be thinking about the exit. Yeah, because, because I have heard horror stories where people didn't get that clear, and the yeah. charity wanted to keep doing the haunted house, just not with the person who started it. Yeah. The, the, the person who was doing it got kicked to the curb, and they lost all their stuff that they had built and brought into it. and Right, all the panels that they built in the space yeah. that the charity owned, and... That kind of thing. You don't want that to happen to you. So get a contract in writing if you do that. Right. But a home haunt 
It's just a haunt that operates in a non-profit way completely. Yeah. And it does it on someone's home or private property. Now, a pri- I've been to pro haunts that were at people's homes. Yes. That was weird. It was weird, but it happens. Um, yeah, and lots of places that's illegal. Yeah. You can't do you, that. You can't do it. I, I think the haunts that we've been to that have done that got away with it because how rural they were. Yeah, I, I think maybe they just weren't found out yet. Or they, the local authorities just couldn't be bothered. Right. No one had died or no, no, no serious crimes had happened, so they weren't going to mess with it. No. It, it's amazing talking to rural haunters versus city haunters, the difference in oversight mm-hmm. that they get. It's, 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 it's amazing oh, yeah. to me. As, as someone who's only really done city haunts, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it's incredible to me. Um, I feel like our home haunt has more city oversight than some of these pro haunts. <clears throat> but but here's the thing. None of these terms are an indicator of quality. No. There are some really shit pro haunts out there. There are. They'll take you tw- $10, $20, $25, whatever, and give you a real crap experience in return for it. There are some home haunts that are absolutely amazing. Yeah. They, they charge you no money and then give you an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean... I find I, that the charity haunts... Um, have a lot of creativity in them yeah. that the pro haunts don't. Yeah. Because pro- a lot of the pro haunts don't. A lot of the pro haunts don't. Yeah. Because um, a lot of pro haunts do rely more on mechanical advantage, you yeah. know, that money advantage to be able to buy the bigger props and things and use fewer actors in the areas. Yeah, and that is that is definitely a difference. Is since charity haunts are almost always, and one of the other things you can do is have a volunteer actor force, much easier yeah. with a charity haunt. Um, they have a they're able to get a larger staff, mm-hmm. um, and not lean so heavily on props and things like that. You do see a lot of interesting things and a lot of creativity. It's a very different style of haunting, and it comes from, like I said, the finances and how the haunt is arranged. Not necessarily the quality of the haunt. It's the main thing I wanted to emphasize. Is there? I've been right. the, I've been the great pro haunts. I've been the terrible pro haunts. I've been yep. the great charity haunts. I've been the terrible charity haunts. I've been the great home haunts. I've been the terrible home haunts. Yeah, it's and and that's just it. I've I've seen and been to some home haunts that blows a lot of pro haunts I've been to out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I I understand that there's that home haunters are all like us are often looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not doing this professionally, right? But you know, my experience is that the quality of the haunt is almost irrespective of the money it's ma- how it's making money. Yeah, and or I, not making money. And I think that part of that is when home haunts started, a lot of people used the visqueen walls, yeah, and they weren't really trying to scare people. It was more of like a elaborate trick or treat set. Yeah. Um, which there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, that's a great way to celebrate yeah. Halloween if you want to do that. Yeah. But no, I think that... Um, nothing wrong with it at I all. I think that that was in the minds of people for so long that it's just now becoming to where we're getting and more I, I think a lot of it has changed because of the internet and social networking in particular. Yeah. Because now home haunters have access to tutorials that only professional builders had. Well, and not only that, but you can show off your home haunt. Mm-hmm. And show that no, we're not. Yeah, you know that's true. That's the a good point. Cheesy little haunt. So it's both the perception and the ex- reality exactly. of change. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Well, were there any terms added that we need to cover um, in the chat? 
I'm gonna try to get back and see. Um, <laughs> instead of scary, they've got they said live one. Oh, a live one! I like that. Yeah. That actually makes a little more sense. And it makes more sense grammatically than scary, but in New Orleans, it's I'm scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of our former actresses, mm -hmm. actors, who is on the chat, uh, said that that's just local to New Orleans. It is? Yeah. I have heard it every year and so much. Yeah. It, it's like working in front of house, working in the queue line. Yeah, I hear it at least, like Halloween night when we're really slammed, I'll hear it five or six times in the night. Right. Easily, because they'll be like, Mister, is it scary? I'm like, yeah, I hope so, you know. Yeah. I, that's good, because I'm a scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't build this to not scare you. Well, <laughs> or I, at I, least not attempt it. I, I, and I do find that question frustrating, because it's like, how do you answer that? Um, I always say, you know, well, we hope so. We're, we're going to do our best. Because <laughs> you got to answer it in character, too, is the other right. problem. Anyway, but that's all the terms we have, then. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything else to add. Uh, uh, Crystal's going through the chat real fast just to make sure that all is well. Like I said, we have been dropping in and out. I know our internet connection is garbage. I'm going to work on that for next time and see if there's anything I can do. I have no idea why it's been so bad this time. I think, I the think weather. it's the weather. I think it's the weather, yeah. Probably. Hopefully next Sunday around this time it'll be clear skies and, you know. We'll be able to make it work a little better. Yeah. Okay, well... On that note, I think we're wrapping it up. Mm -hmm. So, once again, thank you very much for joining us and spending the past hour of your life with us here. We greatly appreciate your time, whether you watch us live or you're listening to us after the fact. Thank you. Yes. You guys are awesome. Do take a moment. Follow, go to hauntweekly.com. Check it out. We, I'm going to add, by the way, I forgot to announce this in the intro. I'm going to add a page there for quarantine, quarantine resources with direct links. I meant to do that before this episode. I didn't get a chance. We've been busy. Been a little crazy, not gonna lie, but I'm gonna try to do it sometime in the next couple days. So keep me honest <laughs> out there. That's your job. Keep me honest um, on that. I'm gonna do my best to get that done. Uh, that'll be at hauntweekly.com. We're also Haunt Weekly on Twitter, Haunt Weekly on Facebook, which we are doing live Facebook live recordings every Sunday, 8 p.m. Central Time. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Other time zones, do your own math. <laughs> I can't be bothered. <laughs> You weird Pacific people. <laughs> um, you can also find us at youtube.com slash hauntweekly, and we are also at um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there. But until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this was Haunt Weekly. It's a 229 talking about haunt language and lingo jargon. Title and work is the name. Haunt jargon, maybe, is what we'll go mm -hmm. for. We will see you guys next week. And literally. <laughs>